Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the river on this beautiful fall day. I love the fall. It's wonderful, right? Dry, good temperature. If only it could be like this all the time, right? Like San Francisco or something. But anyway, we love New York. We love New York. Well, for those of you new to the river, special welcome to you. Uh, we've been in a sermon series. It's been like a trilogy, like a series of sermons that built one after another. So if you miss them, I really recommend uh, listening to it if you can. It would help. Uh, last week, I talked about finding truly satisfying purpose in life because we all need purpose. Purpose makes life a lot more exciting. It makes you get up uh, out of the bed with spring in your step. It colors everything brightly. And so purpose, what is a truly satisfying purpose? And for many Christians, we are often taught that purpose for Christians is to follow the Bible and do evangelism, right? You heard this line. But I talked about how that can lead to a lot of problems and contradictions. So instead, I asked you to consider agape, to spread agape, unconditional mindset, as your purpose. Because Jesus said, agape the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and all your mind. And agape your neighbor as yourself. Do this and you will be saved for eternal life. Sounds important, doesn't it? This is called the greatest commandment. Greatest commandment. Pretty important, right? So agape. Agape is everything in faith. Anyone who agape has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not agape does not know God. For God is agape. So only one statement in the Bible that talks about God is all the commands of the Bible are summed up in one principle, agape. I mean, just think about that for one second. Like everything in the Bible is summed up in one word, it says, agape. That's pretty important, right? So, I mean, this is just all over the Bible. The only thing that matters is faith expressing itself through agape. So, enough right? A lot there, right? Only thing, the only thing we need to think about, yet it does not get the attention it deserves in churches. In fact, many Christians have never even heard of the word agape. You know, I've talked to people, and they say they never heard of it. So, given how important it is, I hope these verses have convinced you that this seems pretty important, this word agape. Um, I talked about this last two sermons, so if you haven't listened to it, again, recommend listening to it. But today, I want to address a natural follow-up question. If agape is that important, if it's the only thing that matters in faith, if it is everything, if it is the greatest commandment, then how do we grow in agape? If you're interested in Christian faith, then that's, this should be a very important question to us. How do we grow in agape and how do we spread it? How do we change the world? How do we convince other people 
that agape is the way to go? That ought to be a very important question to us. Agreed? And so that's what I want to talk about today. How do we spread it? For example, I often get asked by members of this church who have friends and family members who are very good-hearted people, people of the church, people of conservative evangelical background, how do we engage with them? How do we talk to them about things like LGBTQ issues, the gender issues, race issues? If you come at it from agape mindset, you, you, you have certain way of thinking about it that's different from these people that we love dearly, they are devoted to the Bible, and they are against those rights because they think these things go against the holy word of God in the Bible because of some passages in the Bible that talk against these things, like women should not lead in the Bible. Women should not speak in public. And, and so these kinds of things make people kind of against these things that are happening out there in the culture today. And they talk like, well, you know, you can't just shift with the culture. You have to stand on the word of God uh, that stands for all eternity. And so you're familiar with that, right? So how do you talk to them when you disagree? And that's been, you know, a consistent question that comes up. Well, my first advice is don't try too hard. <laughs> don't try too hard. Because you try too hard, you will only get in a fight. <laughs> and each side just digs in. Nothing good ever comes out from that, right? So don't agonize too much. Take a deep breath. Take it easy. It takes time for people to change their minds. So just chip away day by day, year by year, with words and actions. And when you do get engaged, because engagement does happen at times, use their language and their culture and their values. Don't just argue from your values and your vantage point use their language. If the Bible is their language, then use the Bible. Uh, use biblical language. I would advise you to tell them that there's a right way and a wrong way to use the Bible, interpret the Bible, and understand the Bible, and applying the Bible. That it's not okay to take certain individual passages and build a whole position on it can't do it. You have to understand the spirit behind each passage. And you have to look at the overarching theme of the Bible and ask whether it fits or not with the story of God. You can't just take certain passages and just go at it. If you do, then you'll end up supporting slavery, for example, because of passages like slaves should obey their masters. They shouldn't fight. They shouldn't rebel. They shouldn't try to escape. These passages, these passages were used to great effect during the Civil War. 
by church. In fact, Southern Baptist denomination, the, the biggest denomination in America, was founded to support slavery because of passages like this. For 1,800 years, church supported slavery because of passages like this. You can't take these few passages and build a whole position on it. We don't support slavery anymore. Anybody here want to like stand up and say, yeah, <laughs> I am for slavery. It is the word of God. You know, let's go at it. Why change? For 1,800 years, church supported slavery because of passages like this. So what, what changed? What changed all of a sudden? Why, why do we oppose slavery now? Is it because it's fashionable now to oppose slavery? Are we shifting with the culture and straying from the holy word of God just because now the culture doesn't accept slavery? Are we to think like that? Should we think like that? No. In faith, we should have always opposed slavery. In faith. We should have always had a consistent framework towards the Bible. Otherwise, you just flip-flop like slavery. It just flip-flops all the time, the church, because they have been using the wrong approach. We need a consistent approach to the Bible that doesn't change with the times or the culture. We need to stand on the Word of God that doesn't flip-flop. And what is that consistent approach? Well, the Bible tells you all the commands of the Bible are summed up in one principle, agape. Agape does no harm. Therefore, agape is the fulfillment of all Bible's rules. It's such a straightforward, so clear, isn't it? This verse is saying agape is the foundational principle of every single passage you can find in the Bible. Therefore, everything that we take from the Bible must do no harm. Any passage that does harm, that you think it does harm, that you can look around and say, hey, that does harm, you can't go with it because that would be violating agape. And that violates the Bible if it does harm. It's a great principle. Just apply the principle of agape to everything you read and do. But then we have to be consistent. We have to apply this approach to every issue. So slavery, it doesn't matter if there are some passages that support slavery. Slavery does harm. So you stand against it. It is not unconditional love. It's definition of conditional treatment. If some people's skin's dark, you can treat them like animals. That's conditional. That's not unconditional love, agape. So you stand against it. Are we agreed? Amen. Then we apply that to every principle, right? Every issue that we look around. Um, discriminating against women. Misogyny, patriarchy. These practices have shown have been shown to do great harm. So you stand against it, even if you can find a few passages in the Bible that supports discriminating against women. You can't do that. 
antithetical to faith in the cross. So to us, this is not just some fussy debate about who's reading the Bible right. You know, there are these passages and debate about, you know, are we interpreting this passage right or wrong? No. To us, this is about the foundational principle of the Bible and faith and everything that stands for God's love. It's a fight between light and darkness. There's good and evil in this. Like, it was very clear there was a good side and bad side took slavery during civil war, yes? So like that, we must stand firm with Jesus against anything that does harm. Even if they are good-hearted church people, you do have to stand against it. So, for example, LGBTQ issue, you have to ask, where is the harm? Who is doing harm? What is the harm? Committed LGBTQ couples, where is the harm in that? I don't see any harm. Can you? There's no way you can see harm. But the suicide rate among the LGBTQ community in the conservative churches is three times higher than the average. That's harm let alone all the mental and emotional abuse from the rhetoric that comes from the pulpits that, call, that just takes decades to overcome because of the damage to the soul and discriminating mindset that everybody gets from it. That's harm. That's darkness. So trying to spread this mindset that actually what violates the Bible is standing on those few passages and causing harm, trying to change people's mind, that is true evangelism. That's conversion to agape, because that is true faith. That's what Jesus tried to do, to change the minds of all these people who are devoted to the Bible by asking consistently, where is the harm? I don't know if you remember, but the Sabbath issue was just unbelievable back then with Jesus. You see all these passages in the Bible about Jesus fighting with religious people about the Sabbath. And it was a big deal. It was a fourth, it's fourth in the Ten Commandments, so Sabbath is a big deal, right? But Jesus consistently asked, where is the harm? Sadly, he didn't get very far, did he? <laughs> like I said, don't try too hard. <laughs> yeah, it could result in crucifixion. <laughs> don't expect too much. But over time, over 2,000 years, we come a long way, didn't we? Compared to even 100 years ago, think about the women's rights, for example. My gosh, women didn't have the right to vote. Didn't have the right to own property. Things have gotten better, yes? 50 years ago, white people couldn't marry black people. Here in New York, yikes, right? These race differences, all these walls, they've been coming down over time. Spirit of God marches on. Kingdom of God marches on. Saints keep marching on. Yes? Amen? Like the hymn says. 
over time, God's Spirit is at work moving this world towards agape. It takes a long time. So it's hard to see in one generation. But God's kingdom has been moving. Amen. Let's be part of that. Let's be part of that. So, second suggestion, let's strive towards becoming a person of agape ourselves. This is the most important question in spiritual growth. Am I growing in agape or not? Only thing that matters in Christian discipleship. You know, we often think memorizing the Bible and and praying a lot that these are, the, these are the important practices in Christian discipleship. And I've done a lot of that myself, and there's good in it, but it's not the critical issue. I mean, look, the Pharisees, they memorize the Bible much more than anyone today does, <laughs> and they prayed like crazy, and when God appeared them in the flesh, they killed them. So, well, <laughs> you know, how great was that? <laughs> I mean, did it really benefit them? I'm not so sure, right? So what is Christian discipleship? I say it's growing in agape. Again, the only thing that matters is faith expressing itself through agape. So the question is, does agape show in our words and actions? Is our soul growing in agape? What kind of person are we becoming? Are we becoming kinder? Are we becoming more respectful? Are we becoming more encouraging? What is the air we are spreading around the people that we are with? You know, are we an encouraging kind of person or do we just bring everybody down? Those are the kinds of questions. That's, that's the only thing that matters. So, you know, it's not that we can't point out what's going wrong and what needs to be improved. Of course, we want to get better at what we do, but we need to separate performance from worth. We need to be able to see infinite worth in ourselves and people around us, and that will change how we treat them. This is key, separating performance from worth. In parenting, this is awesome parenting advice. Many of you are parents. Some of you may become parents one day. I'm telling you, this is like one foundational principle in parenting. You do want your kids to perform better because that makes life easier for them. You want them to be able to set goals and be able to perform. But if they conflate performance with their worth, they will become insecure. They can easily become fragile, you know, kind of, you know, weak in that, you know, just get obsessive and, like, not resilient, just falling apart when they don't perform well. Because if their whole worth is tied up with their performance, that's a lot of pressure for the little mind, right? And so we understand that. So we need to encourage them to perform, but always let them know that they are always loved, they're always respected, that your love for them will not change with how they perform. Correct? Is that good parenting? Yes? Everybody's nodding. So why not apply that to yourself? Because very few parents do that for themselves. 
They do that for their kids, but not to themselves, right? You just beat up on yourself like, oh, I'm harder on myself than anyone else, as if that is like the great thing. That's bad. <laughs> that is not good. That's conditional, right? Agape, your neighbor, as yourself, he says. If you can't agape yourself, you can't agape your neighbor. Like if you like hate yourself, then you can't love your neighbor because it's as yourself, correct? So be kind to yourself. Separate performance from worth about you. So this is one corollary to this is this means don't be a doormat, right? Like turning the other cheek, Christian thing, we can kind of feel like we need to become a doormat. No, you have to agape yourself too. And it just, it just means you have to see the worth in other people no matter what's happening. That's what it is. Okay, that's clear? Now, I know agape is not easy. It's very unnatural. So it can feel scary to think, wait, Jesus said the only way to heaven is agape? Well, that's hard. In fact, I was asked that this past week. That seems very kind of scary to think about. What if I can't do agape? And my answer to that is don't worry. You know, God's love is unconditional, so don't worry too much. All you have to do is want to grow in agape. Remember, it's faith that's what matters. It's the belief system. All you have to do is believe that agape is the paramount value, and you just want to grow in it. That's all it takes. You know what I'm saying? There's a difference between performing perfectly on agape versus just saying, you know what? I kind of want to go that direction. <laughs> and that's not too hard, is it? We can all agree this is something anyone and everyone can get behind. Agape, unconditional love. That sounds good. I want to move that direction. That's all it takes. Faith is all it takes. So in that note, what if we made agape a daily prayer? You know, I pray before I eat every time. It just become a habit. Does anybody else do that? You just say a quick thanksgiving. God, thank you for this food. And you just eat, right? So what if you just added a few words like, God, I want to grow in agape. God, make me a person of agape. God, I want to see more agape all around me. God, I want the world to become more agape-like. Just add these few words. That kind of prayer will deepen your soul and get you closer to God. I guarantee it because God is agape. If you pray these things, you'll feel closer to God. Amen? All right. So then my fourth suggestion is become an activist for agape by volunteering, supporting, and donating, etc. This world runs on conditional mentality. My last two sermons talks about how the tree of knowledge of good and evil is the root of all sin and it causes conditional mentality in you. It's the original sin, according to the Bible. Um, so, 
if you haven't listened to those sermons, again, it would be good to listen to that for background on this. But anyway, everyone in the world has inner mental system of ranking people, including yourself, depending on one depending on what yardstick you like to use. I call it caste mentality. It is everywhere from ancient history to today. Nazi Germany used the myth of Aryan race and used this standard of some genetic, blue eyes, you know, whatever, to create this ranking system and that resulted in Holocaust with six million Jewish people just getting slaughtered supported by millions of German people. That's what caste mentality can do. When you rank people in their worth, some people can just become worthless. And then you just feel good about killing them all as a service to humanity. That's what they felt. That can happen with caste mentality. Uh, it's not just Nazism, though. China, Japan, and Korea have caste system based on Confucian ranking system, and it affects everything in our culture. But one aspect, just one aspect that illustrates hundreds of millions of female fetuses have been aborted because women are not worth much at all. In Korea, you can't do ultrasound to check the gender of your baby. It's illegal. You know why? Because if it's female, it gets aborted. So they don't let you know. I mean, just think about just think about what's happening in the mentality and the culture that such laws become necessary. Eh? Caste mentality. It does crazy stuff. And of course, in our country, the United States has a long history of caste system based on the color of our skin or other things. Now, just because slavery is abolished doesn't mean the caste mentality behind it has magically disappeared. People's attitudes and culture change very slowly. So this kind of discrimination has different guises today. It's more subtle, but no less powerful. We see it all in all kinds of experiences. I mentioned this. Last week, but black homeowners, if they can hire white people to pose as the owners instead, they can get 40% more. <laughs> it's the same house. How does that even happen, right? So it's like invisible belief that drives the culture. It's how people behave. that We don't even notice because we are in it. It's the light by which we see, and it causes all kinds of evil. So we need to notice such things. If you want to be a Christian, if you want to be a person of agape, these things you have to become hypersensitive to and take it personally. Even if you are not that black homeowner, when you see stuff like that, you need to agitate against it because you are the salt and the light of this world. If you lose your saltiness, where will you go? You have to stand up as if that was you being discriminated against. That's what it means to be Christian. 
There is no man or woman, believer or infidel, free or slave in Christ Jesus. What a declaration. These are all systems that have been used to create ranking systems, right? Patriarchy, white supremacy, Nazism, slavery. These are all like conditions. And in Christ, it is gone. Hallelujah. What a wonderful statement. This is good news we need to spread, right? So let's be a, a, an activist for this. That's evangelism. So here are some suggestions. Organizations you might consider supporting. We have a long relationship with Asha India. This is a wonderful organization that works for the, in the slums of India. They work really hard to be, spread unconditional mindset. They say one of the biggest problems is because of the caste system in India, because of religious differences like Muslim, Hindu. People in the slum living next to each other, they don't even talk to each other. And they are trying very hard to treat everyone equally. It's a Christian organization, but they don't talk about that. They talk about equal, equality. And they really work at this unconditional love. So we love them. Support organizations like this. There's an organization called Kaleidoscope we've recently connected with. They are an organization trying to help churches uh, advance the cause of LGBTQ rights, actually. And it's a good one. Um, Father's Heart, they feed the homeless, rich and poor. You know, they, they're trying to say God's love doesn't discriminate. So that's a good Or you might know some organizations. Let us know. Make some suggestions. Let's support them together. And when you decide what kind of organizations to support, use Agape as your top value. If there's some organization that does good work, but they discriminate, like they help some people but not others, don't support them. <laughs> you know, Don't spread conditional mindset, even if they're doing good work, because there's poison in it, okay? Finally, support this church. Why not? This church is explicitly exists for the purposes of growing in agape and spreading it. That's why we are here. That's what we see in the heart of Jesus. That's what we see in the cross. And sadly, not too many churches are like this. I hear it all the time, you know? And so there is some value in being able to provide this space to you as a community of faith and preaching the gospel in this way. It's, we stand trying to be the salt and light in this. And so let's do it together because it's no fun trying to do it by yourself. It's kind of discouraging if you feel like you are the only one who see it this way. You know what I mean? And so it encourages me that people are coming and thinking that this kind of message actually is good. So I see that in the heart of Jesus. And so let's band together. So don't just come and listen to the sermon and go away. Stick around, get to know some people, getting to know 
different kinds of people actually helps you grow in agape. So stick around. If you've been coming for a while, there's a membership class coming up in a couple of weeks. It's a three-week class. You just stick around and go upstairs, get some good tacos from Los Tacos Numero Uno. I think it's the best taco I've ever had. <laughs> so hey, you know, just stick around for that if you want. And come on up, it's three-week class. We talk about what it means to be a member as a supportive member of the church and how we can do this together. And I need people to like say, yes, let's do it together. This church cannot run on just staff. We need a group of people banding together to do it. And this is a great place to ask your questions. Just ask any question you like. We welcome all kinds of questions. Speaking of questions, I am starting a podcast this Friday. Wow, that was a nice reaction. <laughs> Thanks. So basically, the idea of the podcast is you just throw any question you like at me, and I try to answer. I don't promise satisfying perfect answers, but usually I can give you a refreshing perspective on how to approach those questions. Which on Fridays at 2 p.m. is going to be recorded. We are taking questions uh, ahead of time and during the time. You can join in through YouTube live stream and just participate. Or you can write questions on connection card today, put it in there, and then we will try to address it. Or you can email us, and we'll try to address it. And we're going to do it five weeks, and then see if, it's, if there's demand for this. And if there is, we'll just keep going at it. So it's up to you, too, on how long this will go. So please be supportive if you can. That would be good. And there's all kinds of other things going on here, right? Ping pong tournament downstairs. That's going to happen again. We have chat with the pastor upstairs. We have all kinds of things. So stick around and become part of this community so that we can grow in agape together. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. The worship team can come up. Let me pray for us. God, thank you that good news is good news, that agape is the founding principle of all that we believe and all that we are striving for. Help us, God, to grow as individuals and as a community in growing in agape and spreading it. In Jesus' name, amen.